0: He who saves one life saves the world entire, and the most important life to save is your own. After all, it's the place where you have the most power. So join shadow worker and trauma therapist Laura Giles each week on It's Not You, It's Me. We'll uncover what's in shadow and learn the things you need so you can heal yourself, grow yourself, know yourself love yourself be yourself and share yourself if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired it's time to drop the self-sabotage and limiting beliefs a healthy abundant connected life is an option choose it subscribe and let's start manifesting it
1: Earlier this month, the Surgeon General for the United States issued an advisory about loneliness, isolation, and the lack of connection in America. Have you seen this? It's really interesting and I want to talk about it in this episode of Surviving to Thriving because it affects us all. Hi, I'm Laura Giles, your host of Surviving to Thriving and connection is what we're all about. I've identified five stages that we all go through that lead to a sense of fulfillment and connection and each week I talk about one aspect of those five stages to help you move the needle a little bit at a time. If the podcast inspires you or informs you or even enrages you, please drop me a comment and let me know why or subscribe so you don't miss out. So I know most people do not take the time to read something like the Surgeon General's reports, but as a relationship coach and the founder of the Surviving to Thriving Sanctuary, this is something I'm super interested in. It's an 82-page report, so I'm just going to give you the highlights. Cool? Basically, what the Surgeon General is saying is that loneliness is a health epidemic. Lonely people have the same risk of death as someone who smokes up to 15 cigarettes a day. Lonely people have a greater risk of heart disease, dementia, stroke, depression, and anxiety, and have lowered immune responses. And check this out isolation is more risky than drinking six alcoholic drinks per day (laughs) being a couch potato being obese and air pollution so newsflash we need each other the coolest thing that i read or maybe this was my interpretation of what i read is that he acknowledges the necessity of feeling connected to friends family your neighborhood and society so it's not just about having a lover Which I think is how we are generally socialized to think about how we meet our needs for connection. Have you seen the movie The Lobster? I think it does a great job at capturing and poking fun at the way society can view being single. The Lobster is this movie about a guy whose wife leaves him. He goes to this hotel that's like a, I don't even know what to call it. It's it's, uh, like a retreat, sort of, where single people go to meet other single people. They have 45 days to find a mate, or they turn into an animal. Everybody has quirks, and each person is looking for a mate who shares their superficial quirks, thinking that this is a sign of compatibility. It gets more and more bizarre with the symbolism for how we think of courtships and being alone. For instance, they go hunting, and if they tranquilize someone, they get an extra day added to their stay. Anyway, (laughs) the movie is pretty extreme, but it does highlight how weird we are about relationships. It's like we have this preoccupation with finding a lover who's going to end our loneliness. I think this expectation contributes to the fact that suicide rates for middle-aged men who live alone are twice that of guys who don't live alone. It's shocking. Many fairy tales are about finding your soulmate and living happily ever after. And I think all this adds to the loneliness because it shows that there's a gigantic, obvious thing that we're all missing. And that is that platonic intimacy is a thing. Can we normalize platonic intimacy? When I say platonic intimacy, what I'm talking about is friendship. (laughs) Can we be friends with people of the same sex? People of the opposite sex? Older people, younger people, neighbors, co-workers, anybody? Relationships do not have to be about sex. Remember that song, I Didn't Mean to Turn You On? It was released by Shirelle in the 80s and then again by Robert Palmer. It's basically a story of dating. The couple goes out. One wants sex, the other one doesn't, but it's expected. If you say no, it's like you reneged on the deal. And the other one who refuses feels guilty for saying no. What the what? It's 40 years later and this is still going on. Just because you enjoy someone's company doesn't mean sex has to happen. And we can enjoy relationships with people who are not potential sexual conquests. Since when did sex become the only doorway to intimacy? It's like once you're over 12, you can't hold hands unless you're at least flirting. We live in a low touch culture anyway, so it's no wonder that skin hunger is so bad. We can only have socially approved touch as adults if we're getting a massage or having sex. That's insane. Our need for touch isn't just physical. It's emotional, mental, and spiritual. We all need to feel seen, be heard, be intellectually stimulated, and to feel a sense of belonging. You're not going to get that, or at least not in a deep and authentic way, from virtual relationships or transactional relationships. Lucy was right when she said in Charlie Brown Christmas, you need involvement. We all need involvement. We need to invest in our families, friends, and communities. If we're just in it for what we can get out of it, our material needs might get met, but our social and emotional needs won't. And life's holistic. It's connected. We need it all in healthy, balanced ways. So let me show you what I mean. I've been hosting sacred travel adventures around the world since 1999, and they've always been magical. I thought it was because the sites are fantastic. We always go to places where there have been miracles, where people have worshipped for hundreds or thousands of years. We go to places with reputations for healing or that just have this amazing energy that uplifts me and makes me feel like singing. In fact, I typically do sing all the time when I'm on a tour. Nature just inspires it. We come together as strangers, and as the days pass, we become a community, a unit. We share these incredible experiences that touch our hearts, and our insides just get softer. Our breath comes easier. But it's not only that. The connection with the land and our local people increases too. Connection expands. And when you think of it in that way, doesn't it seem silly to limit your goal to having a romantic partner? we can connect to everything. We are everything. It seems silly to me not to be a part of that infinite intelligence. The Surgeon General's report said that when we are connected to our communities, we're safer. Murder decreases by 21% and car theft decreases by 20%. We don't steal from our friends, right? It makes total sense. People who live in connected communities also experience more economic prosperity It's like if I lose my job and my neighbor knows someone who's hiring, he connects the two of us. That makes sense too, right? The other day, I was talking to someone about how I believe the women's liberation movement had destroyed the family and communities because when women got birth control, more education and more job opportunities, household became dual earning with kids being cared for by strangers. There are also more latchkey kids. So we started teaching kids things like stranger danger and safe touch because They were more isolated and with people they didn't have connections with, and that was necessary. Now, I don't think equality for women is a bad thing at all. I think it was necessary to balance power and to keep women from being economically vulnerable if their relationships ended. I wouldn't want to spend 10 or 20 years of a marriage taking care of a man and our kids only to have to start over with the skills and education of a 20-year-old. It's too risky. So I totally get it. But this is where all of this has led us. We're a nation of isolated people who grew up with parents who didn't know how to create emotional safety or connect because their parents didn't get it either. And the Surviving to Thriving Sanctuary is a free place for people who want platonic intimacy to meet and stick their toe in the water. It's like a virtual version of my spiritual retreat. We don't have cool scenery or experiences, but we do have like-minded people who are willing to be vulnerable and explore platonic intimacy with you. And the Surviving to Thriving Academy is a place to learn the stuff you didn't learn to have those juicy connections with other people, nature, spirit, and the universe. See, it's not just as easy as making more friends. I was a meeting organizer for years on Meetup, and I liked it a lot. met a lot of people, but they came for the event, got what they wanted, and left. The whole idea that you're going to connect and have a community takes more than just being in the same space with people. You have to be with people who are interested in making a connection. And those people have to have the skills to maintain healthy bonds. One of the stories my clients speak of a lot um, is meeting someone who looks really cool at first, and then it's not so cool. Rupi Kaur has a poem about this called The Middle Place, and it says, The middle place is strange. The part between them and the next is an awakening from how you saw how you will see this is where their charm wears off where they are no longer the gods you made them out to be and the pedestal you carved out of your bone and teeth are no longer no longer serves them they're unmasked and made mortal again to me that reads like when we meet somebody new we both put on a polite mask we the best versions of ourselves to impress each other then with familiarity the mask starts to come off when we're no longer the shining versions of ourselves, we have a choice to make. We can either relate on an authentic level or be disillusioned and off in search of someone new to play with. I'm challenging you to be authentic. Let the other person be authentic and meet in that middle real place. That's the only place you can have a meaningful connection. If we're looking for Prince Charming, who's going to take care of all our needs, or the beautiful princess or the person who's always positive or whatever, we're going to be disappointed. People are flawed, lazy, and they don't always want what we want. And to me, that's where the magic lies. If I wanted to be with someone who's just like me, I'd be bored to death. There would be no challenge, no surprises. If I wanted someone who was nothing like me, we wouldn't have anything in common. So we need people who are quirky and perfect and different To provoke us, to grow, make us question our beliefs, and to keep us curious. But this doesn't mean that we just let anybody in the inner circle. Everybody's lovely, worthy, and beautiful. Everybody is part of our earthling family. We want people who are healthy in our inner circle. That goes for lovers and potential parents to our children because unstable lovers make unstable lifestyles. In my Surviving to Thriving Academy, there are five stages that follow the sacred wheel. The first is surviving. This is where we figure out how to create safety. Safety is always the most important thing. If you don't feel safe, you can't connect or grow. And safety is about survival. Fear is driving the bus here, and this is not a place to live. It's a place to go when things are falling apart. Falling apart is natural. It's normal. We recently had an eclipse and I saw lots of things falling apart during that time. It's great. It's big energy that creates transformation. But we don't want to live here. It's chaotic. So figure out how to get your feet on the ground and move to the next step. And this is coping. If there's an earthquake or tornado, the storm passes and then there's all this damage to clean up and lots of stuff to figure out. This is that stage. This is about life. It's about you. It's big picture stuff. We're not into connection yet because we're still figuring out how to make it through. But we can't really make any satisfying connections until we get through this part. Life is full of conflicts. Some are big and some are small. But until we master that part, intimacy, whether it's platonic or sexual, isn't really possible long term because even relationships require skills. If you want to get a fence built, you're going to ask someone with construction skills, right? If you want to travel somewhere, you want a pilot to fly the plane, right? If you want help learning algebra, you want somebody with math skills. Why aren't we looking at potential friends, lovers, and relationships the same way? Do you want someone with good relationship skills? We're probably going to have more satisfying relationships if we have relationship skills and connect to people who have good relationship skills. But it's just not relationship skills, but all skills. Now, the more coping skills we have, the fewer waves that knock us down. So we have a firm foundation and we can focus on knowing ourselves. If you're always dealing with something, you're either in crisis or you have a skill issue. Life doesn't have to be that hard. Think about the scene in Napoleon Dynamite when Pedro asks Napoleon if he's asked anyone to the prom. Napoleon says he hasn't because girls only want guys with good skills like nunchuck skills, computer hacking skills, and I think he said bow hunting skills. He's got the right idea. We need to be problem solvers, and these things generalize. When we're little, our parents influence us to be who they want us to be. The media influences us to buy stuff and to think of ourselves as inadequate so they can sell us something. As we experience life, some of that stuff will not ring true. Those coping skills we learned will help us to separate it out, push back, stand strong in who we are, and be our true selves. If we come into relationships as our true selves, that middle place that Rupi Kaur talked about doesn't happen, or it isn't particularly extreme because there's less of a mask. We show up more vulnerable and real than if we're socially or emotionally unskilled in the crisis phase or trying to impress someone. So that's the vibing stage. And this is a time for us to build our relationship with ourselves. This should happen during adolescence and up through early adulthood. Unfortunately, if we didn't have healthy parents and learn good skills, we can latch on to people who rescue us and keep us from growing. If it's a good enough relationship, we can stop searching for who we are because it's comfortable enough. We have a lot of important relationships in our lives. Our parents, our first love, our partner and spirit to name a few. But this relationship with yourself dictates how all the rest of them will be. So my suggestion is to focus on this one. When things fall apart, go back to this. You can't be happy if you're not in alignment with your values, so you have to know who you are. Now once this is done, you can do the connecting with other people thing. That's tribing. A lot of people are searching for their tribe place where they feel they can belong. But belonging isn't just about finding people who like what you like. You have to have healthy attachment. If you don't, you will either find people who are clingy, who want you to complete them, or you'll do that to other people. Or you'll have people in your circle who don't know how to connect, can't open up, and don't give of themselves. And that'll feel pretty stinking empty. If there are a lot of healthy people and a few people with attachment issues, the healthy ones can carry the unhealthy ones. But what we have now, society wide, is a lot of people with unhealthy attachments, lots of disconnection, and the healthy ones can't carry the load. This is why we have so many horrible bosses' stories and things like human trafficking. Healthy, connected people create healthy, connected societies. The Surgeon General said it. We're safer, healthier, and happier. When we have healthy connections the next stage is the part that i find the most delicious and that's thriving thriving is what we do on tour and at our gatherings we're good our peeps are good and that juicy goodness flows out into the environment where we can start to feel connected to the neighborhood the land nature our ancestors our culture history and the universe It's a feeling of knowing who you are through the ages and in your bones. You're firmly planted here in this time, in this place, with these people, in this body, and it's good. It's always good because there's something bigger than yourselves holding it all together. When you're the only thing in your world that's carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders, it's lonely and overwhelming. When you're connected to the past, the mountains, your neighbors... And everything you can see, you're never alone. This isn't some pipe dream of a promise. It's real. I can tell you that it's real because it's my existence. I can't really tell you why I've never felt lonely, but I believe it's because of everything that I've said. My family isn't perfect, but it's always been reasonably healthy. And we all have good boundaries. I wasn't the most popular person in school. I was very shy and I'm an introvert. But I've always had a couple of good friends beside me. I talked about my neighborhood in the interview with Brigadier General Marlon Crook. We grew up together, and I had some of the same warm connecting memories of growing up in a place where we didn't have to look over our shoulder or worry about stranger danger. We had neighbors who knew each other and looked out for each other. My parents are capable people. When my car broke down on a country road and I couldn't fix it, my dad came and got me. I could rely on things like that. That helped me to become a capable person. I took pride in gaining skills and learning things so that I wouldn't have to ask for help and could help myself. So all the things that I see as that pathway to a connected life are things I've lived. When you are safe in your skin, you have the space to notice what's always here. You notice how amazing the sky is, how truly awesome the ocean is. You can marvel at the insane beauty that is a whale Or a bunny rabbit when it appears before you. You really notice that, hey, I'm a part of this crazy, wonderful nature. Wow, how profound. And when you get there, you're really plugged in and connected to all of it. Nature, people, spirit, all of it. And hooking up out of loneliness doesn't even seem like a real thing. Because how can you be alone when you're a part of all of this? Platonic intimacy Is just what you walk in every day. It's satisfying. It's real. It's life. And it's a part of life that you want to introduce others to and to share. At least that's how I feel. So it's my goal to bring 100,000 people along this journey with me. And I want you to be one of them. Sound good? If so, head on over to the Surviving to Thriving Sanctuary. Sign up for a free membership and start posting. Share yourself. Talk to people. Every day I post something to get the conversation started. Comment on it. Don't worry about being clever or popular. Just say what you think. Then ask yourself if what you said was true. Is it effective? How could you use what you said to know yourself better? What are you sharing about yourself? I can't tell you how often participating in our talking circles has helped me to see something more clearly. We all have to show up for each other. Wearing a mask won't do that. It's not real. If you do this, so 30 posts in 30 days, you'll know yourself a lot better. If you read what other people are posting, you'll feel more connected. As a trauma therapist for over 20 years, I've heard a lot of stories that start with, I've never told anyone this before, but people keep stuff inside because they're ashamed and afraid. When you start saying what you won't talk about, you realize you're not the only one with these thoughts or feelings and we're all human. So share. (laughs) Let's conquer this loneliness epidemic together. And if you want to go deeper, join the Surviving to Thriving Academy. There are activities to help you get out of survival mode, grow your coping skills, get to know yourself and connect with others. But it's up to you. This is a hero's journey. Nobody can give this to you. You have to walk the walk yourself. The experience of life is a personal and internal thing. You can't buy it, rush it, or outsource it. You have to live it. And if you want to start living it, join us. I'm really glad that the Surgeon General is making loneliness and connection a priority. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I think that most mental illness comes from a lack of healthy connections. If we heal ourselves, society would be a much better place in a very short time. It doesn't require us to throw any money at anything or to pass any laws It just requires us to be the best people we can be and be true to ourselves. So all our efforts positively impacts us and everyone around us. It's a big fat win-win. I love that. Quality of life is not about stuff. It's not about what job you have, how much money you have, or how beautiful it is. I just read an article online about someone who left Miami to move to Afghanistan and is raving about how great it is. I've seen this over and over. There is this poor village in southern Egypt that has a lot of pale-skinned brides who were visiting on holiday, fell in love, and decided to stay. They don't have washing machines or cable or everyday things we take for granted, but they stay because there's community. There is belonging and love. You can't buy that. You can't manipulate or manufacture it. You have to create it for yourself. And you can't do it if you're in fight or flight or don't have basic people skills. We have many different types of intelligence. There's body awareness and intellect or your mind, emotional intelligence and spiritual intelligence. And those things have to be developed if you're going to be a good citizen to all the creatures who need you to participate in this wonderful world. Our culture focuses on the intellect and intellect isn't warm or sexy. If you want to feel well-held, you have to develop other forms of intelligence. So come on over. I'd love to see you there. It'll add years to your life and make those years fulfilling. If you're going to be here anyway, you might as well have a good time in this life, right? Thanks for tuning in, guys. I'll see you next week.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help the podcast thrive, please share it with others post about it on social media or leave a rating and review to catch all the latest from laura giles you can follow her on all her socials at laura giles 804 see you next time